Hi, I'm Mackenzie from Fall River, Wisconsin, a student pharmacist attending Drake University College of Pharmacy in Des Moines, Iowa. You're listening to Pharmacy Forward, a podcast about transforming knowledge into action. Hi, I'm Cassidy Vanche, PGY1 Community Pharmacy Resident. And I'm Megan Brown. We're from the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy. Today, we are talking about point-of-care testing and its role in public health. Our guests today are Dr. Michael Klepser, professor at Ferris State University College of Pharmacy in Kalamazoo, Michigan, and Dr. Donald Klepser, Associate Dean for Academic Affairs at the University of Nebraska, Medical Center College of Pharmacy in Omaha, Nebraska. We are really excited to talk about point-of-care testing and its role in public health, especially in the setting of the rapidly changing healthcare landscape of 2020. Michael and Don, thank you so much for joining us today. Cassidy, Megan, thank you so much for having us. Really looking forward to this discussion. Yes, thank you so much. So... I know that a lot of our listeners may already be using some point-of-care testing in their practices, but Don, if you could really just help set up the framework for our discussion today on what exactly is point-of-care testing and how is it different from other testing means that we may use in our clinical practices? Yeah, thanks, Megan. So I think there's a, yeah, there's a lot of terminology out there. People, people think a lot of things about point-of-care testing. I think the easiest way to think about it is, is testing in the pharmacy or testing right at the point of care. And so generally that means CLIA wave testing, so non-complex testing, where we can get rapid results right back to the patient. So really it becomes about accessibility. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why community pharmacists make such a logical location for these types of point of care devices and programs because these pharmacists are some of the most accessible healthcare providers in the United States with most individuals living, you know, relatively close to a community pharmacy. And this really, you know, the increased access to care for the general population really ties in closely with public health. So before we get too much further, Michael, you just mentioned public health. For some of our listeners out there who may not have a firm grasp on a good definition of public health, can you elaborate on what this term means and how this ties into our discussion today? So again, public health is the science of protecting and improving health in people in their communities. And this work is accomplished by promoting healthy lifestyles, looking at specific diseases and disease prevention, and by engaging pharmacists at the level of where patients are interfacing with healthcare, this is really an opportune way for pharmacists to align themselves with public health to accomplish a lot of these health-related goals. So in healthcare, there is a belief that point-of-care testing can improve healthcare provisions in settings with limited access to healthcare services. So especially in regard to delays associated with laboratory-based methods in low and middle-class communities. I know with my practice site specifically, which is Federally Qualified Health Center, having point-of-care testing is really helpful in allowing us to gather the information needed in the most efficient and cost-effective manner. Could you guys speak to the overall point-of-care diagnostic services and how this affects health outcomes in our community? So, I mean, if there's so much that we think about in healthcare that really is, is driven by timeliness, right? The sooner we can get a diagnosis, the sooner we can begin treatment, the better the outcomes. 
And so really when we when we start thinking about point of care testing, you know, that is a huge piece of it. Can we in a single visit collect the specimen, run the test, get the result and act on that information? You know, you mentioned some of the, you know, lower middle class communities. I certainly I'm from Nebraska and we have a huge rural population. And so, you know, getting somebody to come back to a clinic is a significant ask. And so anything we can do to speed up time to result is really speed up time to treatment. And certainly, you know, that carries over whether we're talking about acute illnesses like COVID-19 or even with chronic illnesses, with diabetes or hyperlipidemia. The sooner we can get results, the better we can care for our patients. You know, and to build upon that, Don mentioned some of these other disease states like hyperlipidemia, mentioned access to care. You know, these are very important uh, considerations. Sometimes the pharmacist might be the only healthcare provider in a given area. And getting an appointment to follow up with a primary care provider or something else may take quite a bit of time. So having the ability to see and help manage the patient in the pharmacy can be very beneficial to not only the patient, but the overall health system as well. Additionally, in those local areas, patients may have a better sense of trust with the pharmacy than they do other healthcare providers. And so going to the pharmacy to have some confidential tests might remove a barrier for things if you want to talk about HIV testing or hepatitis C testing. So I just wanted to to comment there in, in having a little bit of experience we surveyed some patients or and customers of a pharmacy talking about HIV testing and whether or not they would be interested in getting that within the community pharmacy. And I just wanted to echo that the trust that is there with pharmacists is so key to ensuring that our patients get what they need and like you said, in a timely manner. And, and I believe that we probably could reach more people just because they may feel more comfortable coming into the pharmacy and dealing with someone that they see on a monthly basis. Megan, can I can I add something? And this is I, I'm I'm putting myself out there, and and Mike I'm sure is going to make a comment on this, but I am way too old not to have a primary care provider, but I don't, and I'm not unique in that regard. You know, uh, some studies have said 30% of a, of adult Americans don't have a primary care provider, and so in many ways the pharmacy becomes the access to the healthcare system, and I think the more access points we can have the better we can serve patients. I 100% agree. Me too. Those are some really great points. And as a new practitioner, I definitely agree with the clinical value of point of care testing and chronic disease states. I know a lot of the point of care testing that I currently see is with blood glucose or INR values. However, what other opportunities for point of care testing do you see? Well, I can take that. If you can think about testing it, you could probably get that test in a clear way point of care format these days to be able to run in a pharmacy. We initially started out using some of those tests for acute conditions, you know, like influenza and uh, group A strep. But we've also found now that for things to support chronic disease management, there are serum chemistry analyzers that are available for clear way point of care format that would allow the pharmacist to draw blood and do full metabolic panels renal function, hepatic function, all the types of things that we always train our pharmacy students to have all the information before making a recommendation or change that have always been missing in the community pharmacy practice. And now we're getting to a point where we'll be able to have those data within 20 minutes of the patient showing up. So we're really able to make meaningful impacts on patients' medications. 
also we share that data with the primary care providers if one's been you know, identified. And so now instead of the provider having no information when the patient comes to visit them and having to send them away and wait for them to return, they're able to make a more informed decision and better use of their visits and time with the patients as well. And if I, if I can build on that, Cassidy, you know, what some of what Mike said, I think there's even kind of a next step, a next, uh, a next phase of this. If the pharmacist can, can be involved in a collaborative practice agreement or collaborative drug therapy management agreement or has some independent prescriptive authority, now we can get into to the realm of testing and treating. So now imagine not only can the pharmacist test for influenza, but if the result is, you know, if it's a positive test, they can dispense a prescription for an antiviral or, you know, similarly for group A strep, they could dispense an antibiotic. So I think that becomes a very exciting proposition that now it's a one-stop shop in, in many ways that the patient can come in and be tested and treated in the pharmacy. And certainly we've seen regulation change over the past decade that has really opened up the opportunities for that. And I think I would be remiss to not say, you know, one of the, one of the things that has come out of the COVID-19 pandemic that is maybe a positive for pharmacy is the relaxing of some of the barriers to to pharmacists engaging in these types of practices and and being able to do more testing in their pharmacies. And to build also upon something Don said with that, with related to COVID and all the changes that have come out, uh, we've been approached by a number of physicians and other prescribers mentioning how difficult it's been for them to engage with their patients during this time for the management of chronic diseases. And we've got two programs up and running where we've got serum chemistry analyzers in pharmacies that we have a collaborative practice agreement then with the providers. So we're able to manage the patient's therapy, start therapy, stop therapy, modify therapy, and draw labs to support things for hypertension and dyslipidemia. So for hypertension, we're able to get a serum chemistry. So we're able to check renal function if the patient's on an ACE inhibitor or a diuretic. We're able to check electrolytes for patients that are in ACE inhibitors. And if we need to, we can change the medication that the patient's on to meet goals or to avoid uh, adverse drug reactions before having to you know, refill another prescription. So it really streamlines the process and has been very beneficial in this time when we're all trying to do new and creative things. That is really awesome. And I can't wait to see your published work from this project because I do think that it will continue to build on the data that already exists around the benefit of having pharmacists involved in chronic disease management. One of the things that, you know, I'm I'm grateful for in the state of Mississippi is our ability to develop collaborative practice agreements with providers and community pharmacies. And that's something we can do, although with some limitation. But I really would like to see the addition of the serum chemistry analyzer so we could have that ability as well. I think there are many countries that are doing some of this work already. and, And so I think it's high time that the U.S. get on board. I also want to explore if there are some things on the horizon as it relates to point of care testing. So Mike, Don, either one of you want to take a stab at that? Yeah, I'll take the, I'll take the first crack at it. I mean, I think there's, there's so many exciting opportunities. And if I just think, you know, purely public health focused, I know we were involved in a project in Flint, Michigan related to their, their water crisis in, in testing patients for lead, pure public health, right? But we were able to get pharmacies set up very quickly to provide accessible testing in the community. Similarly, we're doing some work in West Virginia for hepatitis C testing. Again, a huge need there. 
and, and able to set up these access points very quickly in underserved communities. Pre-exposure prophylaxis programs, PrEP programs for HIV. We've done quite a bit of work now with pharmacies around the country, getting them set up for things like that. So, I mean, now those are existing tests that have been around, but new opportunities that present themselves. And I think it's, you know, once you have that CLIA waiver in your pharmacy, then as opportunities pop up, as things happen, the pharmacy, the pharmacist is able to step in quickly. And I think that's what gets me excited. And I think that's also, you know, some of what was, was identified at the federal level in the response to COVID-19, you know, recognizing that accessibility and opportunity for pharmacists to quickly ramp up capacity. You know, and just building on some of the things that Don mentioned regarding things like pre-exposure prophylaxis. You know, a lot of states have enacted pharmacy-based pre-exposure prophylaxis programs where essentially the pharmacy can run a point-of-care HIV test and then dispense prophylaxis to the non-infected individual based off that. The limitation to that is there's still requirements for monitoring renal function to do sexually transmitted disease testing. With some of the new devices that are coming out, we're working with a manufacturer who's looking to bring a CLIA waived sexually transmitted infection panel to market hopefully within the next year. So you would be able to move that then into the pharmacy along with then serum chemistry analysis. You could theoretically run the whole program right out of a community pharmacy. And Don mentioned the program that we were involved with in Flint and you know how that was purely public health. And at that point in time in Michigan, there was a lot of distrust among the general population for healthcare, for public health, for everybody. So the public health department, the state public health department came to us and said, can pharmacy help? Patients are still going there. There still seems to be that relationship. Can you help us identify patients who may have been exposed to lead? And that's where we worked with Don's group in Nebraska to come up with a plan to do lead screenings in Flint. We weren't treating, we weren't doing anything else, just providing the data that fully supported public health efforts. And if I think along the lines with that and think about sexually transmitted infections, in the state of Michigan, we're having explosive rises in cases of gonorrhea and chlamydia. Being able to you know, have these tests in a more convenient and comfortable setting might help address that, as well as pre-exposure prophylaxis. Again, keep coming back to that, but man, that is a very important step in preventing the spread of HIV. And then we always look at these interactions between the pharmacist and the patient for these services, and we never look at it as a point-of-care service. It's a disease management service. So we're doing more than just testing the patient. And we're using that opportunity to get information about the patient, you know, regarding their overall general health. So we're screening them at those points in times for, you know, have they done all their routine wellness checks? Have they gotten their immunizations? And if patients haven't gotten immunizations, making strong recommendations at that point in time for immunizations. So we're killing two birds with that one visit. And so all these things tied together really poised well to create good models in pharmacies. Absolutely. And I think that's really key, um, as you mentioned, calling this a, a disease state management service, because that's exactly what it is. We know that with the training that we provide to pharmacists and to our student pharmacists, that the education piece, of course, can't be left out. And, you know, really talking through the patient through the additional lifestyle changes or modifications or risk behaviors, if we're talking about STIs and things like that, that, that they can modify to help prevent them from acquiring a disease or preventing things from getting worse and improving their therapeutic outcomes. And I think we we have a real opportunity 
at this moment to capitalize on the opportunities that exist for community pharmacists and to really ensure that this work is being done. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. Being a community pharmacy residency director, this is so exciting. And so I love that Cassidy is a part of this conversation as well as a community resident because it really speaks to the opportunities that exist. Working for a school, I'm always thinking about how to incorporate learners into these innovative experiences. Have you guys utilized students in any of this work and, and tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, you know, Mike and I are both faculty members ourselves, right? And, and a lot of this was built around the idea of preparing the next generation of pharmacists. So we have, we have tried to engage students at every step of this. And so I know both Ferris and Nebraska have elective courses with training students, not only on, on the testing, but to build the entire service, you know, some of the business aspects as well as the clinical aspects. And then, you know, certainly the opportunities that have presented themselves for, for students, particularly through, through COVID-19. And I know Mike can share what he's doing in Ferris, but we've, you know, our students are now doing testing and, you know, it's all because they were prepared and trained to do this. They're going out and helping pharmacists set up these, these programs in their pharmacies. And so, I, you know, it's, it's exciting to me to see somebody graduate and go off and two years later have, have helped their organization get something like this set up. And, and so it's really an exciting time. And the students, quite honestly, they're excited about this. This is, you know, they see a real opportunity to impact patient care. You know, they, they're like sponges. They just soak it up and want to go out and, and drive these changes. So it's, it's really an exciting time. And certainly we want to engage students at all, at all points during this. Yeah. And like Don, you know, mentioned, you know, we've tried to expose students to these disease management programs and the tools that are available to them at various levels throughout their curriculum. Early on in their uh, P2 year, we have a lab to just get them some limited exposure to the tests and have them do some hands-on practice on specimen collection. In the third year, I've gotten an elective called Innovations in Pharmacy Practice, where we challenge the students to utilize novel technologies to develop a business plan for a novel community pharmacy service. Uh, and a lot of them choose to create plans that are, utilize the point of care technology. And so they have to come up with a full business plan, look at return on investment, you know, look at collaborators, look at legislation and all of that. Uh, and then they have to present those to a panel of community pharmacists, you know, who will react to that and give them real life feedback. And that's been really great from the student's perspective because they get the experience on designing that model and knowing everything that goes into it. And it's been great for the faculty that come in uh, from these community pharmacies because now they're getting more ideas. And they're, you know, asking to have our students go out there and help them develop some of these programs. With related to the experience part and hands-on part, probably one of the biggest things that we've seen is with the, the pandemic. When our university was trying to get students back to campus, really there was nobody that was, we're a, we're a small institution. So we don't have a big academic medical center. We don't have a, a medical program or anything like that. So we really looked to the College of Pharmacy to support the testing efforts. And we realized very quickly that the pharmacy students were the ones volunteering and providing the services. And when we transitioned away from just being a collection site for PCR-based tests and started using a CLIA-waved point-of-care device to get our test results back in 15 minutes, we developed an elective, a COVID-19 testing elective, where the students came on board 
they organized, they developed, they created the logistics and, and really put it all together. And so like Don mentioned, bringing people out into the community, we were able to provide a service to the university, which you know, not only gave the students a great experience, but also developed a sense of recognition within the university to see what pharmacy could do. That's awesome. I think it's really, as you guys said, a really important piece of the process to incorporate our student pharmacists so that even as preceptors or, you know, faculty members, just like you said, are sponges. And I think that this is really what excites them. So allowing them to take on projects such as, you know, developing, like you mentioned, the business plan in your elective or being a part of the process and looking into the legislation piece, often things that we don't necessarily teach them about if it's a part of a lecture, you know, just all of the inner workings of what goes into developing these services. I think that's amazing. And I'm sure that the community pharmacists who come in and listen to these pitches also just get super excited, which is the whole point. Well, I want to thank both Don and Michael for being on our show today. This has really been such a dynamic conversation about the role of point of care testing. Some of the key messages I think we have highlighted during our episode today include how point of care testing can increase the accessibility for patients, also having a more efficient and streamlined one-stop shop for testing and treating and the impact that a CPA can have, as well as the exciting opportunities that are on the horizon for pharmacists and point of care testing and all of the things that pharmacists can be involved in in improving public health. Absolutely. And I also just really get excited about talking about the timeliness of point of care testing and where we are as it relates to public health in this current pandemic that we're experiencing. Pharmacists have such an opportunity being the most accessible healthcare provider to capitalize on some of the opportunities that exist at this moment and really incorporating point of care testing into providing good care for our patients. Thank you again, Michael and Don. We really appreciate you being here today. Thanks for listening to Pharmacy Forward, a podcast about transforming knowledge into action. If you like this podcast, please subscribe using your favorite podcast app and tell all of your pharmacy friends and colleagues. Be sure to rate us and send us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Pharmacy Forward is produced by the Division of Pharmacy Professional Development at the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy. For more information about our professional development programs, visit PharmacyCPD.org. That's PharmacyCPD.org. Thanks for listening.